We have a special guest today on this episode of Locked on Cardinals. Derek Walker, the father of Cardinals top prospect Jordan Walker, is set to join the show. Should be a good one. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment. That way you can interact with us there. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So today, uh, as we inch our way closer to opening day, we thought maybe we could find ourselves a special guest to join the show. And kind of big news, what happened on Saturday, big announcement, Jordan Walker made the club officially. Everybody's excited about it, and I'm not sure there's somebody who's more excited about it than Jordan's father, Derek Walker, who is joining the show today. Derek, how are you, sir? Doing great. Doing fantastic. Good. Thank you uh, for for taking some time out to join us. Uh, I know we've been texting for the last few days, and uh, you've been a busy man. A lot of people uh, want to chit chat with you for obvious reasons with the news about your son. Absolutely, yeah. It's been great. It's a whirlwind, you know. Um, first time in a long time, people have been interested in what I have to say. Usually, they want to talk <laughs> to Jordan. So I appreciate appreciate getting um, what I can. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the beginnings of uh, your son's career. Uh, tell tell me a little bit about young Jordan Walker, uh, the middle of three children, correct? That's right. So he is the middle of three. We have um, the oldest is Derek Jr., uh, who's about two years older than Jordan. Um, and the youngest is Maya, Maya um, Walker, who is uh, two years younger than Jordan. She's a a volleyball player, aspiring volleyball player at Fairfield, Connecticut. Um, and so she's an athlete as well. But Jordan, the early Jordan, um, I'll tell you, very much looked up to his brother. So his brother actually was the first one that was interested in baseball. Um, I think his brother started at three years old and later Jordan started at three years old. But uh, he pretty much did whatever his brother did. So his brother came home with a glove and ball and bat. Jordan had to go and get his, right? First time. Um, that he got a chance to get on the field, you know, his older brother was right there. So I would say his brother helped cultivate the love at the beginning, along with, you know, myself and his grandfather and others who who also big baseball fans. So that's the very beginnings. Now, growing up uh, with Jordan and, uh, and Derek, it's your sons or whatever, who were the teams that you guys like to follow, considering you're from Georgia? Were, were you always Atlanta Braves fans, or was there another team that you liked personally when uh, when you were growing up? Also, big-time Atlanta Braves fans. So going back to my grandfather, who um, moved from um, Calhoun Falls, South Carolina, to Atlanta uh, probably back in the 50s. Uh, he, he, you know, once he got to Atlanta, he started to follow the Braves once they were here in, in Atlanta. And um, as I came along, you know, he sort of inspired that love in, in me. Uh, we would look at baseball games together pretty much anytime I was at his house. We listened to it on the radio. So when, you know, 
Jordan and Derek came along, they pretty much had no choice, right? They had to follow <laughs> along with the Braves tradition. And it was a big, you know, big family items we would have in the summer would be to go to Braves games. We probably went to maybe four or five games per year. Um, and so that was a big deal, you know, for us to be able to go and see uh, Jordan, um, his favorite baseball player. In fact, he'll tell you growing up was Chipper Jones, third baseman for the Braves, right? And, you know, it's, it's not a surprise that as Jordan came along, he became a power hitting third baseman as well, uh, largely because of Chipper. But yeah, always a Braves fan. Hank Aaron is my favorite player. You know, I, I know the Braves of the 80s. I know the Braves of the 90, the 90s that broke our heart more times than not with the World <laughs> Series, but did get one. Um, so so our heart certainly started with the Braves, though, you know, we convinced that the Cardinals now are the, are the better team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about two really good franchises to be fans of. Uh, you can't yeah. really go wrong with either one of them. Uh, a lot of respect to the uh, Atlanta organization who's been top notch for so many years now. In fact, my father, even though uh, I grew up in uh, St. Louis, my father grew up in Indiana, and he actually grew up as a, a Milwaukee Braves fan. Mm -hmm. So he was way back in the day. His favorite yeah. was Warren Spahn. So he always, we always kind of had that love for not only the Cardinals growing up, but also the Braves. So I, I completely understand that uh, yeah. that that feeling to, to to be attracted to both of them right now. Um, were there any other sports that Jordan liked to play growing up other than baseball? Or was he always just kind of drawn to that? particular sport no so he played multiple sports so he was um we put him in soccer he was into soccer very good at that um he swam um but the other sport that was probably closest to baseball for him and is probably obvious based on his size is basketball um mm -hmm. he really loved basketball um i think he played basketball in middle school for the team and played some um kind of non-high school level basketball once he was in high school but um, and, and he'll often say, right, if he wasn't able to go in baseball, he, he felt that he would have given basketball a try. But um, but in general, he was he loved sports all around. Anytime there was a chance to pick up a ball of some type or play some sport, um, you know, he was all over it. Oh, yeah. He's the reigning ping pong king of the household <laughs> and the neighborhood as well, too. So he's pretty good. <laughs> has, he, has he started picking up uh, pickleball, which is like all the rage across the country? No, well, he may have. He hasn't talked about <laughs> it yet, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's another one. You know, as long as he has a ball and he can swing at it, he'll probably love it right off the bat. So Yeah. Um, at what point in his childhood did he actually start standing out as an elite athlete? Because we all know as parents, you always think your kid's one of the best, but sure. obviously at some point, Jordan started to rise above everyone else yeah. that he was playing with. When did you start to notice it? Like, wait a minute, our guy's pretty good here. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. It's a story I often tell um, when interviewed about that same question, right? Where did it really stand out? So a little bit before that, again, he followed his brother, right? So his brother's two years older and we as parents so that we can consolidate and be efficient. We would oftentimes put him on the same team, right? Even though mm -hmm. Jordan was too young, we would put him on the team. Well, nobody told him he was too young, right? He always just kind of sort of rose to the level. So anytime, you know, anywhere from five-year-olds up to nine, ten years old, um, he was generally playing up. Well, there was one game in particular um, at Mountain Park, which is in Lilburn, Georgia, right, right near Stone Mountain where we live. Um, he was playing for a team, and um, it was coach pitch. So this is right past – t-ball where you set the ball on the tee and you start to hit it right. you now get into where the coaches sort of throw the ball to you 
well, it was Coach Pitts. I think he was maybe nine or 10 years old. Can't quite remember. And he hit a ball um, over the fence. So the fence is 120 feet out at that time. He hit a ball that went, I believe, maybe 20 feet beyond that, up up on top of a berm, out into the parking lot. And the way he tells the story, and I think it's true, it hit his grandmother's car out in the parking lot. (laughs) So, you know, big time home run, a lot of accolades. He's still a part legend because of that that shot by itself. But it was at that point, it's like, you know what? Most kids are not even hitting it to the fence, and he's hitting it 20, 30 feet beyond it at, you know, 9 or 10. I think he probably stands out a little bit. And so that trend sort of went through high school um, and all. He, he really, you know, again, played up a lot, kind of stood out with his peers. But I would say, you know, his breakout where he started to turn some heads was probably between his sophomore and junior year of high school. Um, I think his junior high school, he hit like 517, had 17 home runs, you know, just had like every major record in the state of Georgia. And that at that point, it sort of submitted it that he probably had a, a chance for a good career in baseball. Well, so now being as big as Jordan is, did he ever have the awkward stage? Because where that where that moment where they've got to kind of grow into their body and then all of a sudden things start to make sense. Did he ever have to go through anything like that? I would say <laughs> the way I would tell it, you probably hate it, but I think he was awkward <laughs> for most of high school. He, yeah. um, he hit a growth spurt probably his uh, freshman, sophomore year of high school. So and he'll often tell the story how of the three kids, for a long time, he was the shortest, even shorter than his sister, you know, throughout middle school and all. Uh, but but hit high school, grew really, really fast, probably three or four inches in over like two, two years. And so his body just hadn't adjusted. Right. So long limbs, kind of gangly limbs as he ran, you know, it looked like a giraffe running, right? It wasn't very <laughs> pretty and all. Uh, got the job done, wasn't very pretty. I would say it was that way through most of high school. It probably wasn't until he uh, his senior year or close to the draft that everything started to to come together. And now, you know, he's filled out a whole lot more. He looks more like the he looks more like a baseball player now than he ever did, of course. Yeah, just in time because uh, draft time was a big time for you guys. We're gonna get into that here in just a moment. We'll have more with Derek Walker, Jordan Walker's father, here on Locked On Cardinals. But first, let's talk about LinkedIn these days. Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be one hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you should be checking out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and they do it for free. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That way it spreads the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Once again, we're joined by Derek Walker, the father of Jordan Walker. And uh, we were just talking about a, a little bit of the background, a very much younger Jordan Walker, which uh, got us up to the uh, high school level. And you mentioned, you know, he had all the success 
Uh, when he was in high school, was voted the, the Gatorade Georgia Player of the Year. Ends up going on to get drafted by the Cardinals in 2020, which is also because this is something nobody's ever dealt with before, and that was the pandemic stuff. And uh, Jordan's season got cut short. How did that affect things uh, for you guys as a family? And because I've never been, you know, when I played. I never had a season just cut short. The worst yeah. we ever had was a rain out. And to have like your, especially in high school and how important those years are, to have that just taken away from you, it couldn't have been easy for him, right? Yeah, it, it really wasn't. And again, that's something else he likes to talk. Well, when I say likes to talk about, he he, he hates the fact that it happens, but he, he talks about it often. So a little bit of the story, his junior year, um, his Decatur High School team did really, really well. They made it all the way to the state semifinals. Um, in 5A baseball, and that was significant because they hadn't won the state championship since 1948, right? So this was a really, really long time that they had gone without being really relevant at all, and, and in his junior year, they had a fantastic team. There was a, a kid who's at um, Jalen Payton, who's at Georgia Southern right now pitching for uh, Georgia Southern's team, and had some other players who went to different colleges and all um, after after they left high school. So great team, all set up, made it to the semifinal, didn't, in their mind, finish the job. A lot of those, those juniors came back senior year, and so it was all prime set. You know, everyone expected them to take the state championship. If you looked at some of the periodicals in Georgia, you know, they ranked them very high. Jordan has a prospect on there, you know, you know a lot of coverage. Um, and so they probably got maybe two or three weeks into the season and COVID shut it all down, mm -hmm. shut it all down completely. Um, very, very disappointed. It's, it's funny because Jordan would tell you as elated as he was to get drafted, he was probably close to as disappointed and not being able a chance to, to have that state championship. He's very close to the team. In fact, there's, you know, he, he's very close to those players even today. Um, I just found out today that, um, coming up to opening day, a lot of those same team members are going to be there to see, to see Jordan play and all. So very, very disappointed um, with not being able to complete that season. Um, the other thing, and this is what scouts generally say, so I'll just take it at its face value, is that if he was able to finish that season, uh, which is generally when the scouts really follow you, your senior season of high school, Yep. It's a chance that he might have even gone up higher on the draft boards. And I think it's a blessing that didn't happen because we really like the Cardinals. Fantastic organization and we love love being on it. So so that didn't happen for a good reason. Yeah, that that was one thing because going into that draft and, you know, they had Jordan obviously ranked up there uh, he was yeah. definitely going to go in the first round and he ends up falling all the way to pick number 21 which i considered a little late and obviously uh some scouts obviously felt the same way um do you think it was more because of the scholarship to duke that might have scared some teams away because jordan was ready to go wasn't he yeah yeah so that very well could have been it right and jordan was he he's um clearly a very intelligent young man and um would tell anyone that hey if, if Major League Baseball doesn't take me in high school, I'll, I'll go to Duke, you know, have a hopefully a good career there and try again in three years. So that certainly was on the table and it very well could have scared off some teams. Um, but, you know, thank God for the Cardinals to have great insight into what, what was possible. Yeah, we're, we're glad that they were like, you know what, we're going to take a chance because uh, things are working out nicely. Curious, though, does he root for Duke, like, uh, like Duke <laughs> basketball and stuff? Is he a big fan? 
huge fan of Duke basketball um, during the recruiting with Duke, you know, given his stature as a prospect, mm -hmm. he got a chance, uh, I think it was a senior year, to not only go to a game, but to meet Coach K privately, uh, have a private conversation with that. And that was just like the highlight of his year, right? He just was like, that was so awesome. So yeah, he still follows Duke. In fact, um, Coach Pollard, um, who's the head coach at Duke, sent a text to me, I think earlier today or yesterday, congratulating Jordan. And also Coach Josh Jordan, who's now at LSU, but was the assistant coach at Duke, also kind of reached out with, with platitudes for Jordan too. So yep, we follow them. Um, that coaching staff is fantastic. You know, obviously the players, they are very good. And so there's still that Duke connection going on. Uh, with that draft taking place uh, during the COVID stuff, obviously the, it's a different because now, you know, they put for the MLB draft, uh, they'll have some of the top prospects and stuff in a studio and things. Now, obviously that didn't happen. Where were you guys and what were you doing when the first round was going down and you guys got the phone call that the Cardinals wanted? Yeah, so we took the we took the first draft from home um, and we just kind of kept it intimate just with our families. Of course, COVID was going on, so we weren't taking too many chances Mm -hmm. uh, at that particular time. So we did it intimately at home. Uh, one of the things um, that Jordan likes to talk about is his favorite food is tacos. And we would have a tradition of taco night on, on um, you know, as weekly. And so we look forward to it. So we said, hey, what we'll do is make this a big taco fest and watch the draft. And so that's what we did. But um, we were at home, the whole family, all five of us, um, just watching it go down. And, you know, fortunately, we were able to get that call in the first round and, you know, the celebration commenced. So <laughs> that's good. All right. We're going to have more with Derek Walker, the father of Cardinals top prospect Jordan Walker now on the team. We got to talk about him making the team and the big uh, announcement that happened this weekend. We'll do that next on Locked on Cardinals. The uh, built March Madness bracket is here and we know that you've got a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. Personally, I'm pulling for the uh, peanut butter brownie bar, uh, the peanut butter and chocolate. That's my thing. But you can check out the bracket for yourself and place your vote. doesn't take long. We're talking 15, 20 seconds. Support your favorite bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite one, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will also win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's Best Bars or Puffs delivered monthly straight to your door, which is awfully nice. Uh, you got to try Built, best protein bar you're ever going to try. So amazing because not only is it good for you, but it tastes good too. Not all, all protein bars taste all that great, but they're high in protein. They're low in sugar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. You're going to love them. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now. Vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick today. Once again, we're being joined by Derek Walker, the father of Jordan Walker, one of the newest Cardinals. Uh, the uh, news broke on Saturday that Jordan was going to be a part of the Major League roster uh, from opening day. Um, the video is actually online, which I love when teams do this, when the, when they actually show the young athlete getting the news that their dreams are coming true. Like this is what they've been working hard for, for a long time. And it was, it was great to see the, the, the raw emotion from, uh, from Jordan in that video. Now you weren't exactly in the room there with him, Derek, but you were in town with him. How did you find out 
that that was happening, that he was going to be on the opening day roster. Yeah, so Jordan, you know, he can be a trickster himself, right? So <laughs> uh, obviously we were all week um, while I was there, was sort of on pins and needles trying to figure out, hey, where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? And um, I guess the day it happened, I was sitting at his apartment and he sent a text to myself and, and my wife saying, um, I just found out where I'm going to be going after spring training, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> we're like, okay, humorous, <laughs> right? You know, where would that be? And uh, so text it back, say, hey, so where are you going? He's like, well, I put it to you this way. Where I'm going, I'm going to need a suit. <laughs> and the background behind that, as many may know, is that the Cardinals, when they travel, they travel in suits. Mm-hmm. And so it was his way of telling me that, hey, he's, he's made the big club. So we were super happy and all. We're a pretty tight-knit family, as you may gather. So what, what I told him to do is, all right, we'll come back home. Let's get on a, a, a FaceTime call with, you know, your brothers and sisters and um, and, and myself and, and Katrina, and let's talk about it. So he did. We had a FaceTime call. Um, Derek, the oldest, was out in, in California, and Maya is in Fairfield. So we kind of had the whole, com- the whole country covered, and he, he broke the news there. So fantastic time. Um, it rivaled, it sort of bookended the draft where we were all there together hearing the news. We got a chance to do it in a similar manner uh, for his his announcement. Now, um, he decided to go with the number 18. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's had a bunch of different numbers. Uh, was it 22 that he had when he was in high school? Uh, and then yeah, obviously so the- 17, yeah, 17 in high school. That's what he did for the high school team. Um, okay. He's actually worn 18 on the travel ball team, the Duluth Knowles, for a long time. So that's that's in his repertoire. I think he grew up with 42, um, but clearly that's not something that's yeah. <laughs> and then the 22, he, he kind of got to attribute that. He was at Springfield with 22 this year and would have gone with that for a lot of different reasons. But Jack Flaherty already has that on lock, so <laughs> I let that one go. Well, one of the great things about the number 18 is one of the Cardinals' top prospects previously, Oscar Tavares, actually had that jersey. And that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, how cool is this that the guy that was supposed to be the next big thing for the Cardinals back in his day uh, wore number 18? And to see Jordan kind of slide in there as the biggest hitting prospect that the the, the organization has had since Oscar uh, to take 18, uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, I, I thought that it was nice that he was uh, he was taking that particular number. Yeah, you um, know, I didn't know about um, Oscar's numbers 18. Obviously, I heard of Oscar Tavares before, but didn't know his yeah. number was 18 before Jordan took it. And so I thought that was a nice little connection too, right? So he can, if, if, if it goes well for Jordan the way we expect, then he can continue that number the way it should have been when Oscar was here. So that's yeah, great. yeah, the uh, legacy that that almost was. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to. It. Have you got? Have you purchased number eighteen jerseys yet? Are you guys getting <laughs> any sent to you from the from the team so that you guys can all wear them? You know, because the picture that we always like to see is when the family's there opening day, which I assume you guys will be there. Uh, they're all in their son's jerseys and they're all wearing it, high fiving when something good happens. That, that's what we're looking for. Do you have them yet? Stay tuned. You see, it. we got it all taken care of. No, no worries. All right. <laughs> no worries. Uh, what one question I, I that I thought I wanted to th- I wanted to think about things that what would be different for a parent because I, I do a lot mm-hmm. of interviews with with players and teammates and coaches, but one of the things that happens now because of social media and online where 
your son is going to get criticized yes. a lot and how difficult, how is it that you, how do you handle it yeah. when, you know, this is your baby boy, no matter yeah. how big he may be or how old he may get, he's still your baby boy. What's it like when you guys see somebody being critical uh, about Jordan? Is, yeah. it, is it tough to hold back or do you guys kind of take it in stride as part of the, yeah. the whole no, That's a great question. You're, you're exactly right, right? As a dad and a mom, we're going to have feelings when people, you know, say things about our kid. And it does take, you know, you'll see some things out there and it, it does take effort, thoughtful effort to not respond, right? The important yeah. part is do not respond. Everything does not require a response. It's just fans being fans. Um, but yeah, inside, you know, I, I probably respond <laughs> in my head and to my wife way more than she wants to hear about certain things and all of that too. But I understand that's the fan of, it. I'm a fan of other sports and I'm on the other side of that, right? You know, I mm -hmm. criticize other people when they don't go up to what I think are my standards. And also I, I, I know it, right. I know the feeling, so don't hold it against it. But yeah, it's your son. So of course you're going to feel a certain way. But for me, the most important thing is that Jordan doesn't get locked into that, right? So mm -hmm. Jordan will tell you he doesn't follow um, social media a whole lot for those reasons, good or bad. He doesn't want to get it in his head. And that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he, he works to not be bothered by it. And that's the most important thing. I can go and punch my pillow all I want and, and all those things, and I can handle that but I want to make it as easy on him as possible. And, and so far it seems to be the case. And that was one of the things that uh, Cardinals manager, Ali Marmel pointed out that uh, one of the, the, the response that Jordan gave to him when he was talking to him in that, that final exit interview and telling him that he was making the team was that um, one of the great things about Jordan is he's able to move on good or bad from whatever just happened and move on to the next at bat, the next game and so forth, which is something you certainly have to do in baseball, which is a game yeah. where you are going to fail way more than you actually, actually succeed, you know, to make seven outs and 10 at bats is a hall of famer, which is different than most sports. Absolutely. And, and Jordan has said, I've heard him say it on interviews recently, but that was a learned trait for him, right? That was not how it was coming up for him. And I've been at tournaments um, with him where, you know, it wasn't going well and it was a lot different than the Jordan for now. Let's just put it that way. Right. And so, again, that's maturity is it's grown. It's, a, it's, it's something that I think now is very interesting with him. And that's actually one of the things I'm very proud of as a dad. Right. That he's gotten um, that place. Right. Has plenty of physical attributes, as we all know, has all the, the skills. But I think it's that mental acuity, that emotional acuity that is a learned trait that um, he's he's showing and I hope continues to mature on that. And I do, as Mar uh, Ollie said, believe that's going to be one of the traits that makes him successful. Yes, it most certainly will, because uh, people forget already that he's only 20. He's yeah. still a kid. Yeah. And despite his 6'6", 250-pound frame, he's still growing, and he, it's still going to take some time. And, you know, he's learned a little bit here at the end of spring training where the, yeah. it's been a little bit of a struggle. But – he doesn't look frustrated uh, too much. I mean, everybody is going to you know, get a little upset when they yep. hit the ball off the end of the bat or something like that. But at the same time, he keeps hustling. He keeps working at it. And uh, I, I agree with Ali that these are the reasons why somebody like him should succeed at the major league level. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a game of adjustments, as he said, right? I mean, he's at the adjusted every level. This is the, the, the highest level you can get to, right? There's the best in the world play at this, right? Mm -hmm. So – uh, it's just an adjustment that you have to make and just understand it. And I think he does.
All right. Well, Derek, I really appreciate you taking your time out and uh, joining us here today. Uh, I cannot wait for opening day. I can't wait to see. I, I can't wait for you guys to see opening day in St. Louis yeah. because you, it's going to be an experience you guys will never forget. It's going to be so cool watching the Clydesdales and seeing your son come out on one of those trucks. I don't know, whatever they're driving them out there on this year, but <laughs> it's a really cool thing. So I'm glad you guys are going to be there to uh, be a part of it all. And uh, congratulations uh, to the whole family on the success uh, that, that, that you guys are enjoying right now. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you, as much as I was a Braves fan before, we don't have Clydesdales, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing those Clydesdales <laughs> come across, and I know it'll be a whole new era for me. But yeah, I appreciate the sentiment and we're excited. We're looking forward to it and we'll just enjoy, enjoy every moment of it. All right. Well, hopefully at some point down the road, we'll get a chance to not only talk to you, but your wife as well. If she doesn't get too nervous and wants to join us, don't <laughs> tell her we're not we're not too scary here at Locked on Cardinals. All right. We'll do. She's looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Walker. OK, thank you. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball with your uh, league coming up. Obviously, you're probably doing drafting now. You can win that league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and the JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help our channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.